Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. I'm Matt Welch, being joined by Brian Murphy and Devin Hassan. And gentlemen, we are live from Kelly's Craft Tavern in Frisco. Yes, our first ever remote episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Yes, we are broadcasting on this uh, this Thursday afternoon from Kelly's Craft Tavern here in Frisco. Folks, if you have not been here, come on out and try one of the many craft beers at their full-service bar and enjoy some made-from-scratch food. Kelly's is located at Pre- Preston Ridge on the west side of Preston, just north of 121. And again, big thanks to them for having us out here to record this episode. And what has uh, been, I don't know, guys, where would you say this, this week ranks as far as just the busiest weeks on the high school sports calendar for us? It's got to be the busiest. But when you factor in, I mean, signing week is always, signing day is always nice. big. But when you factor in realignment every two years, in addition to basketball going through their stretch run, in addition to district soccer being in you know, getting into their full swing. In addition to softball starting up, it's yeah, regional swimming. Yeah, yeah, wrestling is kicking up with regionals. There's just yeah. I'm just getting dizzy listening to yeah, you list off yeah. all these things, man. Yes, it is one of the busiest weeks of the high school sports calendar, and obviously uh, for folks who are apprised of what goes on this week, Monday was a uh, was a huge, huge day. One of the cornerstone days on the high school sports calendar. It was the UIL's biennial realignment, a day that is so important that it only happens once every two years. Um, <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> so to account for, um, you know, obviously uh, high school enrollments, they, uh, they fluctuate, they go up and down and whatnot. So to account for that every two years, the UIL realigns the athletic districts. And um, long story short, it basically um, it, it kind of sets the wheels in motion for these next two school years. Everything from the teams that your favorite high school is going to need to uh, go against in order to make the playoffs, um, right up to the teams that they're going to have to go against in the postseason and whatnot. For us, I mean, it kind of lays the groundwork for what we're going to be covering and all that. It is a, uh, it is a huge, huge day, and um, there's always so much suspense leading up to realignment because nobody truly knows where they're going to wind up, which teams they're going to be paired with. And uh, But now the dust has settled. We know the new athletic districts. And whereas you had some uh, some parts of our coverage area that uh, didn't have a ton of shakeup, you had some, though, where things were just turned upside down. So uh, we've had some time to let it all settle. So now let's... Um, Let's react, guys. Let's get it all out there. Let's talk about um, just what is ahead for our uh, the various high schools that we cover as they now know what their future is following the UIL's biennial realignment. Um, we're going to start over in Class 6A. Um, later on in the podcast, we're going to bring on Prosper ISD Athletic Director Valerie Little for um, some reaction to uh, to Prosper's happenings over at realignment and just some other uh, you know notes from around the uh, around the area and whatnot. So uh, let's start over in 6A. And um, you know, speaking of Prosper, um, they are involved in one of the districts that incur one of the biggest shakeups of uh, of any you know high school in the area, and that was uh, after twenty plus years. 
They finally did it, folks. <laughs> they finally broke up Allen and Plano ISD. I was out at signing day yesterday, and, I mean, it still hasn't even settled in for a lot of those folks. I mean, both communities are still pretty rocked by this news just because no one ever thought it would end. I mean, it's, again, it's, you know, the last time that Plano ISD and Allen were not in the same district. You'd have to go all the way back to 1997. Well, and it's, it's not just a proximity thing. It's an enrollment thing. Oh, yeah. And just in that how much bigger they are than so many of the other schools in this area, yeah, I didn't think they would be separated anytime anytime I could foresee it. So you just you ask yourself, okay, so over the last twenty years, how many schools just across the entire state had been in the same district over that span despite not being in the same city or being as part of the same ISD? I mean, I can't imagine that list is long. It just felt like, okay, I mean it's, it feels like that's where like the you know the UIL the UIL prognosticators would start when they're plotting a realignment. Okay, we're gonna put Allen and Plano ISD in the same district. Okay, what's next? Just get it out of the yeah. way. But uh, nope, it is uh, yes, they have uh, they have gone their separate ways. Allen is in District 5-6A with Denton Braswell, Denton Geyer at Little Elm, the two McKinney ISD schools, McKinney High and McKinney Boyd, and Prosper. That is 5-6A. Right next to them is 6-6A where Plano ISD remains. They will be with Louisville ISD and Capel. So, um, yeah, what is, um, I don't know, Brian, on the, on the Prosper side of things, just what was your reaction to seeing this district, whether it's Prosper, whether it's Little Elm, because obviously you've got a couple 6A schools now in the mix. What do you make of just this uh, this district that kind of came out of nowhere? The the 5-6A District of Doom for Little Elm? Is that what you're referring to? We're yeah. with Allen and Denton Guy. It's like, hey, you're joining 6A unexpectedly. At least I didn't expect it when they, mm-hmm. they made up the numbers last month. But, yeah, let's just throw you in with the, one of the two <laughs> biggest powerhouses outside of Duncanville right now. Uh, and Prosper, who just went four rounds deep in the, uh, in the playoffs. But it, it, it's not going to be easy for Little Elm. We knew either way, most likely they were going to be mm-hmm. thrown in there with uh, Louisville ISD or the Planos and Allen and, and McKinney and Prosper. We thought they would be kind of what Jesuit was mm-hmm. the last two years. Either way, it was going to be a tough draw. I think this was – if you're looking at the, the strength of the top of this district with, with Geyer, Allen, and Prosper mm-hmm. it is overwhelming. I, I, I'd almost prefer that, though, over you know being in there with Louisville ISD because I, I think from top to bottom, you know, we have Capel, Flower Mound, Louisville, Marcus, all of the Planos, Hebron – that's a tough district from you're gonna have the last place team in a lot of sports. It's so That'd be well a playoff team in, in so many, so many mm-hmm. districts. At least little them, they could. I think they can go in there and compete in most sports with a McKinney and a McKinney Boyd, and and they're kind of they're kind of even with Braswell in a lot of sports. Um, yeah, are they going to struggle against Geyer and Allen and Prosper? Yes, of course. Uh, but most, so it's just about everybody else will. in the district. But uh, it's still still tough. I was kind of hoping. I know we talked about you know where they could land if it, you know to be able to compete in six A right off the bat if they got maybe thrown in there with like Irving ISD or <laughs> or Richardson ISD. You know, I was kind of some hoping. wishful thinking, there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the UIL's yeah. done some crazy things, so why not make them travel an hour to go play <laughs> Bergner or or uh, Irving MacArthur? But mm-hmm. you know, they they got the tough end of the draw in there. They're gonna they're gonna find out pretty quick, you know, what six A sports is all about. Yeah, I think the uh, the the fact that those fifteen schools wound up, you know, basically split between two districts. It's not a surprise because one of the things that the OIL does take into account for realignment is proximity, and all mm-hmm. and especially with you know Braswell and Little making that jump up. You know, those were two schools that obviously were not in six A beforehand, so that does kind of you know tip the scales a bit as far as perhaps you know reshuffling the deck. It's just a question of kind of where the OIL then drew the line as far as separating those. Uh, 
those uh, those clusters of high schools, and apparently it was the five miles or whatnot that separated <laughs> Allen and Plano ISD. It's it is wild because you know you look at home. I mean, so many folks have like those are just so, much, so many rivalries that have just been carved out over the last two decades that you're just now having to like just not going to they're just put on hold. And I mean, obviously they can play each other in non-district action and other sports and whatnot. But I mean, as far as just seeing them, you know, two times a year and just you know just knowing what those matchups mean to the communities. I mean, it's even something is like something right down to like to tennis. I was talking with the Allen tennis coach and you know they've been like they've been chasing Plano West for so long and you know they've been right on their tail and whatnot. So just to have that now gone away is like I mean it's kind of a bummer because you've been you've been so close you've been fighting to you know to, you know to get over that hurdle for so long and now it's kind of out of your hands and you have to maybe cross your fingers that you see them in the playoffs. But um, I mean now yeah, no, both communities were very much shocked by that. One of the other big uh, subplots um, from the Plano ISD side of things, you know, if you just look on the uh, kind of the social media reaction was just like, who what a sigh of relief for Plano ISD. They're not in the same district as Allen anymore, and oh boy, they're just doing, must be, uh, must be doing cartwheels over at, uh, over at Plano ISD. I'm not so sure, because, I mean, obviously, yes, you know, at the uh, you know Allen's strength against Plano ISD on the football field especially is is well documented. They've uh, they've you know Plano ISD has not won a football game against Allen since 2005. Um, you know so whereas you know you're 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 out of you don't have to worry about Allen you know at least for this coming season. Um, there's kind of two sides to this. So on the uh, on the one hand you can look at it from the standpoint that if you look at District 96A this year, you know if you're Plano ISD you could think you know okay well the four playoff teams that the four playoff teams from that district they're not in our district next year. Allen, yeah. Prosper, McKinney, they're off in 5-6A. Jesuit got bumped down to District 7-6A. So, in theory, that should clear the deck a little bit for, uh, you know, for Plano ISD. But you're getting these Louisville ISD schools in, which, you know, the last time that they... Uh, it's been a few years since, uh, you know, Plano ISD and Louisville ISD shared a district. Um, and, you know, things have changed quite a bit since then. I believe of those four Louisville ISD schools, three of them have new head coaches now. And uh, some of those programs are in a little bit of better shape than folks in Plano might, uh, you know, might recall. I was just going back through um, just over the years looking at just the track record of success with, um, with Louisville ISD and Capel, for that matter, and whatnot. So over the past 14 years, 11 times has Louisville ISD put at least two football teams in the playoffs. That's consistency right there. And then that's not even to you know, dismiss a program like Capel, which had made the playoffs 10 of the past 12 years. So, I mean, yeah, I, and you, you, know, you factor that in with just Plano ISD's, just their success against you know, Louisville ISD over the years since 2010. It's been pretty up and down. A combined record of 35 and 34 against Louisville ISD for Plano ISD in football. So the idea that this just all of a sudden clears the deck for, you know, for all three Plano schools to get back into the mix and just, oh, just a sigh of relief, I think it's at least it, you look at it in this sense, okay, there's not a, a matchup there that's just an absolute walking death march like it was any time you played Allen where you just kind of went in there almost, I don't say accepting defeat, but you kind of knew what you were up against because of what that program has stood for. It, it at least, you know, kind of evens the keel as far as just the level of competitiveness goes, gives you more of a fighting chance, but by no means would I just automatically pencil in, you know, one, two Plano ISD schools into the playoffs. That's kind of the point I was making with Little Elm. Yeah, you have those two games that are... You know, most likely losses, bad mm-hmm. losses. But you're if you're Plano ISD, man, you got to gear up for every single one of those games. Mm-hmm. Like you're literally every every flower, both flower mounds, Louisville, Coppell, like those are not going to be cakewalks. Oh, yeah. And 
uh, it's going to be tough for Plano ISD. I mean, Marcus is coming off its best season in years. They went three rounds deep. They've got the, uh, you know, what I would assume right now is the front runner for the district MVP and quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer. He's going to be back as, for, uh, as, a, as a senior. They've got plenty of experience elsewhere. Louisville has just about its entire offense back. They have turned a massive corner under head coach Michael Odell. They've got Taylor Green, Damian Martinez, maybe the best one-two punch at wide receiver in the district, and um, Isaiah Stevens and Armani Winfield. I mean, there is a ton of talent there that Plano ISD did not have to worry about last time they shared a district with Louisville ISD. And isn't East still playing Allen in non-district? They are, yeah. And that was uh, yeah, kind of the, uh, the the scramble effect after you realize that, okay, we're going to be apart now, and all of a sudden Allen's got to fill half its non-district schedule. And they did eventually settle on a week one matchup with Plano East as part of the Tom Landry Classic. So that rivalry is not entirely going away. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, it's very much a very much different landscape now for, uh, for Allen and Plano ISD. As for the first time since the mid-'90s, they will be in separate school districts. Um, let's see. Um, and if, if you're just looking at this kind of from the Louisville ISD and Capel standpoint, I mean, they're in a district now where, I mean, listen, okay, with the exception of like maybe your basketballs and maybe like an occasional soccer, in 6XA, is the, in the current alignment in 6XA, it's basically been five teams competing for four playoff spots. You know, with all due respect to the Irving ISD schools, like I said, there's some where they offer a bit more resistance. You know, MacArthur's making a big push in basketball right now. Um, and then they've, you know, they've got a little something in soccer. But otherwise, I mean, the football teams yeah. would routinely lose by five, six touchdowns. It was a very, very kind of haves and have nots district dot look. So for them, I mean it's I think it's better. You know, when again that's I mean, you know, three of your seven district games for these last couple of years have essentially been blowouts. So, you know, it's nice to at least have, you know, a bit more of a balanced look and something to keep your kids a bit more honest or you're not, you know, having to kind of go through maybe, you know, a two, three week stretch where you're having to, you know, you can just kind of go, you know, fifty, seventy five percent and still come away with a convincing win because with all due respect, I mean yeah, Plano's still gonna offer plenty of resistance of its own, but um, yeah, much more, uh, a much more balanced look for, uh, for Louisville ISD and Capel as, um, as they get ready for, uh, for a brand new look to District 6-6A. Um, you know, Devin, whereas uh, obviously there was all sorts of uh, just chaos and calamity in, in our coverage areas for 6-A, things just kind of held serve over there in, uh, in Garland ISD. Uh, you know, for the most part, you look at, uh, you know, well, this the current 10-6A and, mm-hmm. and 11-6A, um, you know, the seven Garland ISD teams with Naaman Forrest and South Garland opting up were going to stay together. Uh, Wiley was the outlier um, the last two years, but, you know, geographically it makes sense. Wiley borders Saxe. They're yeah. right there. Uh, they're all comparable size. Uh, so maintaining that 18 district was the most – I thought that was the obvious choice. And I heard, you know, you always hear crazy rumors around this time about we're going to ship Wiley off. We're going to move the two Rockwall schools over and make a 19 district. <laughs> but then when you look over at 11 a that didn't make much sense either because, you know, I mean, <laughs> it did not. I mean, you know, because the, the three Mesquite ISD schools mm-hmm. and the East Texas schools have always been grouped. Mm-hmm. Well, with Longview dropping down, that left Tyler, Tyler Lee out there on an island. So you just assume that four would be together as they have since basically, with the exception of two years since 2004. Again, the Rockwall schools are right there. They've been part of this mix for, for a long time. So then you had six. Um, mm-hmm. And you kind of look at those, you know, I kind of call them floating schools, the, the one school, you know, you know, like your Wileys. That's why there was some consideration they might move Wiley over. Mm-hmm. But what they did was they moved Skyline, and they added Skyline to the current 11-6A. And, you know, Skyline is five miles from Mesquite. the lone Dallas ISD team. It, it just, it made, everything they did in terms of putting those districts together made sense to me. And that's kind of, you know, talking to GISD and MISD officials, uh, you know, there, there was no surprises mm-hmm. on that end. One thing to note, though, was 
with the aforementioned Allen Plano district going back to region yes, one. Yes, I wanted to touch on that, that too. Garland ISD goes from 10-6A to 9-6A. Mesquite goes from 11 to 10. So that means they match up in the first round of the playoffs. Which is with, great news with, for you, man. With great news for me. And, and those school districts really, really liked it because, yeah. you know, again, the Garland ISD schools in that first round were running up mm-hmm. against the Allens and the Planos and the McKinneys and the Prospers, all of which are considerably bigger in size and enrollments mm-hmm. than the Garland schools. And, you know, it, it didn't apply in every sport, but that's a tough chore to handle. If you mm-hmm. say that the, that enrollment difference doesn't make a difference, then you're crazy. I don't care what, how much you want to downplay it if you're one of those big dogs. Yeah. But it does make a difference. Same thing on the on the Mesquite ISD end. They had been matched up with that Central Texas district with Colleen, Temple, Waco Midway. It's not a terrible drive to maybe have to go to Fairfield or to find a halfway point, even going all the way to Waco if you're playing a Temple. But, you know, for a bi-district ground matchup, you don't expect to have that travel, especially when they were already making trips to Tyler and Longview every you know for every sport. So, you know... It makes sense. I think that's that's the way it was for several years back in the day with Garland ISD and Mesquite ISD. Uh, but looking ahead to that area round, huh. um, yeah. because the the other with with that some of those teams joining Region One, they decided to move a few teams over from Region One to uh, fill that gap. Did and in in eleven six A, you have um, and especially since we're talking football and basketball right now, the you know I've heard District of Doom applied to several different districts and all classifications. But when you put uh, DeSoto, Duncanville, and Cedar Hill Ooh. in the same district, and that's not to even count some of the other powerhouses, you know, that, that just you know, are kind of getting overshadowed right mm-hmm. there. Um, so while they may get what they want in that first round in terms of being closer and being more evenly matched, mm-hmm. that area round is going to be a doozy for any of those football and basketball teams going forward. I like to just because it does kind of level the playing field in the regions quite a bit. So you're just not like just overloading region one, like as, as yeah. you have been in the past, you know, and whatnot. And it does, if you're going to exchange the, you know, the Planos and the Allens and, in, in, you know, in place of the uh, DeSoto's, Duncanville's and the Mansfield schools, it's, you know, it's nice to at least have them in separate regions so as to, you know, kind of keep the strength on a relatively even keel there. Yeah. All right, guys, before we bring on Prosper ISD Athletic Director Valerie Little, we just wanted to uh, once again note that um, this is the first ever remote episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, and a big thanks to the folks at Kelly's Craft Tavern here in Frisco for hosting us, guys. How about this place? You know, after, I got to tell you, as I, as I walked in here, I don't know if you guys got to look at the at the food coming out of the kitchen, but um, it does look amazing, and I cannot wait to finish up here and maybe go and uh, try uh, you know, some of those uh, some of those half dozen different burgers and whatnot, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe some ribs. You guys know what a big uh, cheeseburger fan I am. And, you are. The chicken tenders are really good. I've been to the Kellys in Allen, and I believe last time, it was about a year and a half ago, I think I got queso on the mashed potatoes. You can do that to mashed potatoes? Well, one in Allen you can. And and right now it's just a big tease because I've never been here before, but I can see everybody milling around, and we're close enough to where we can smell everything coming out. Does it smell delicious, folks? (laughs) Yes. Come out to Kellys, located at Preston Ridge on the west side of Preston, just north of 121. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And we are back, and we have been joined by uh, some Prosper ISD Athletics royalty over here. Uh, <laughs> Prosper ISD Athletics Director Valerie Little. Valerie, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join Thanks the Star Local Media me. High School Sports Podcast. Absolutely. I know this is one of the busiest weeks of the year for y'all. Yes, sir, it is. So, uh, so we very much appreciate it. Um, obviously, you know, a, a lot of this episode is devoted to talking about realignment, yes, which obviously y'all were front and center on on Monday as you learn we your were. new athletic district for these next two school years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the dust has settled. You've had a little bit of time to 
compose yourself. So, um, what was it? What do you think about the about the draw for Prosper? So the draw for Prosper, were, I mean, we were excited about both of them. Um, but for Prosper, you know, that district across the board, all sports from top to bottom, it is a little bit stronger yeah. um, than what we had. And while we thought that seven six A was an amazing district when we got that lineup, um, we were not. I would not say shocked because there's nothing on there that shocks us or makes us nervous. But it's just the fact that we're going right back into just that much yeah. talent. Um, we're ready for it, but it's one of those we got to get to work today, right? We started on Tuesday, um, back to work. So it's just, we just know that it's going to be a battle every single week. Um, be very competitive across the board in all sports. Over the summer, I remember we talked about y'all's rivalry with Allen. Yes. You, you kind of wanted to be the, the big dogs right there with Allen. Y'all, we did. Y'all, y'all have been. Yes, sir. You know, in, in most sports. You know, were you glad to see you guys still paired with Allen? Oh, or? absolutely. Because we're not done with them, right? We need another <laughs> chance at them. Yeah. Um, and not that we will ever be done with them, yeah. but we really do think that we can compete with them. People mm-hmm. will hold them up on a pedestal, which is okay. Um, but we do think that we are competitive with them in every sport. Mm-hmm. And even some of our sports, we have proven that. Now, um, now you're in a, in a district with two schools in, in Little Elm and Braswell that are making the jump to Classic A for the first time, which right. two years ago was a scenario that y'all were preparing for. Sure. So um, kind of take me back to, I guess, two years ago prior to that uh, that last realignment cycle when you were getting ready for your first district as a 6A school. Just what were the feelings like around campus, and how did y'all feel about making that transition initially? You know, there's um, we're pretty confident around there, and okay. I think we are confident because we have good people and good kids. Our kids have great parents, right, who have a lot of resources mm-hmm. and will help them um, get the most out of their talent. So we were never really scared about that. Obviously, there was some apprehension going from 5A mm-hmm. to the district yeah. in 6A, which is the way we saw it. But I think when we were able to start, Matt, and we have been very competitive the past two years in that district, I think that gave us all quite a bit of confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, our sub-varsity teams also got to compete against them, which means they gained confidence each week because they were getting to play the same teams that they would mm-hmm. at the varsity level. So, I mean, yeah, would you have envisioned, you know, a year and a half into, you know, being a 6A program that this school would have this level of success to where it does look like i mean you made the playoffs on every sport last year and i mean just i mean you i mean is the i mean is the vibe just just surprise or just what do you what do you make of these first year and a half so i think probably at first it was a little bit of surprise but then you kind of settle into okay we can do this Mm -hmm. you know we know in the back of our mind we can but when you step out onto that court the field, whichever kind of field you're playing on, there is still a little bit of apprehension because they yeah. are the big dogs, right? And when you don't, know, when you haven't been in that venue yet, and then all of a sudden you step into it, there is a little bit of apprehension. But now, I think we gain confidence with each year, each year that we play them, each sport that we play them, and we can compete with them. Our whole town, our whole district, our whole school, everybody gains confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, um, you know, in the meantime, I mean, y'all uh, had a nice little uh, milestone occasion with the opening of the uh, of the new football stadium, yes, Children's sir. Health Stadium. Um, just talk about that milestone occasion for the uh, for the school district and what it was like to have a venue like that now. Well, that's amazing considering where we came from. You know, mm. our last stadium barely would hold thirty five hundred people. Oh, I, and we I remember now it all too well. I covered a game when y'all were in five A still with Little Elm. Okay. I was telling the guys, yeah. you know, back in the day, I had to watch that game. I had to cover that game on the visiting stands outside with that little overhang. Yes, over, like it's about two to three inches maybe yeah. Yeah. yeah luckily it was like 70 degrees that night it was like early october so <laughs> there was no problems there but i'm i'm definitely glad y'all, y'all it has definitely to... been an upgrade <laughs> um and not just that right having facilities for all of our reporters mm-hmm. who will come and report on us just having the facilities for our kids right our kids deserve those type of facilities and that was pretty overwhelming to watch them walk into that field for the first time um i will say 
this. We knew that our crowd was going to come out. We had no idea we would sell out as many games as we did. Okay. Um, we probably had two or three games where we did not even sell a ticket on game day because we were sold out by the time we got to game day. And mm-hmm. that's 7,500, 8,000 tickets. We say that our home side holds 6,000, but we also sell standing room only. Mm-hmm. So we had between 7,000 and 8,000 fans coming to almost every single Prosper game, and that was an unbelievable show of support. Well, I bet you expect the same next year after you know going four rounds deep. Absolutely, we do. You know it only takes once, right? Yeah. And then we gain a little confidence. We get a little cocky about it. We're like, now we know everyone's coming. Um, though we had Live Eagle at the first game, and people keep asking me if we're doing that again. That was a one-time thing. <laughs> we're not going through that again. Yeah, what went into that? You know, it really wasn't that bad, except okay. that they needed a lot of time to do training and stuff during the week. So we, I believe they got here on Tuesday of that week, and they did two to different, two to three oh. different trainings. Um, they would come out to the stadium, train with the Hawk, or the Eagle, excuse me. And that was really neat to see because no one was there. It was just you and that team. Um, and so that was neat to get to know them and go through that process mm-hmm. with them. Is that why Prosper Rock Hill is the Blue Hawks? Is, do y'all want to stick with the bird theme, or is that like total coincidence? It's not a coincidence. Um, we would like to. What you don't want to do, though, is run out of birds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One of the mascots that our kids will get to vote on for that for the new middle school opening next year rushing is a raptor. Um, so we would like to stay with the theme. However, if it gets to the point and they vote on the rattlers, right, the rushing okay. rattlers, we're, we're going to let our kids decide on that. So, yes, Brian, there is that idea that we want a theme. Um, but when it comes down to it, we're not going to force it if they want something different. Speaking of which, I mean, you mentioned Rock Hill. You know, is they're about to embark on their on their first year in varsity athletics. So, with I mean, it's it's a school that's starting from scratch. It's going to be you know no seniors, just freshmen, sophomores, and et cetera. So, what kind of expectations you know should folks have for Rock Hill in this first year in varsity athletics? So they athletics? actually will have seniors. Okay, they good. will be nine through twelve when okay. we open. Um, and I think a lot of people have been shocked by that. But our mm-hmm. enrollment got so incredibly high at, at Prosper High School. Yes. They are at complete capacity. There is no way that we can fit anyone else in that school building. So we had to go nine through twelve. So we'll have about. 1,800 kids there. Our juniors and seniors had Mm -hmm. the chance to choose. So before we had to turn in our enrollment numbers for um, alignment, they had a chance to choose. I think they had about a two-week period where they could choose if they Mm -hmm. were going to go to Rock Hill or stay. So there's a good amount of kids that were juniors this year that are juniors mm-hmm. at Prosper this year that will be, be seniors, seniors at, Rock, at Hill. Rock Hill. Yes. Okay. Yes. So they will have a first graduating class. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what helps some of those kids make that decision is, hey, we could be the first graduating class from Rock Hill. Mm-hmm. No one else will ever be able to say that. Now, uh, you know, Brian was you know, telling memories of, you know, when he covered Prosper back in the day. And mm-hmm. I've been uh, I've been at the paper since 2009. And I think back to the very first time that I covered y'all and you were a class 3A school yes. all the way back then. And it's it is it is still wild to think in what's been a relatively short time, how far Prosper has come. I mean, when you think back to just the, I mean, again, the, the, the strides that this, uh, you know, the city, the community, the athletics program have taken. I mean, how proud is Prosper just the job that they've done elevating just their stature as an athletics program? I'm very proud. And, you know, that's all a credit to our kids. And it's yeah. what I said earlier, and their parents and the amount of resources they will put into it. And then we bring in great coaches, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you make sure you have great leadership there, we're going to be okay. But I, I was actually telling Chris from Kelly's earlier, we've grown probably almost 300 kids in the last month since school has started this <laughs> semester. Wow. So people are coming there. It's such a rapid pace that we're not even able to keep up with it. Well, and along those same lines, you know, I, I work in Dallas County, so okay. all we hear about this area is the growth, whether yes, it be sir. the Frisco, you know, Prosper, et cetera. Uh, you got you opening the second high school 
now competing at the varsity sports next year. What's the projected growth? I mean, are we looking at a third high school coming up soon? Um, 2023 will open high school three. Okay. But that one, we now it is obviously still early in the plannings, but we are projecting that to be more of a nine ten campus and let us roll into okay. it. Um, we hope that we will be able to do that with the growth. We will eventually get between six and eight high schools because that oh. is just how much growth we will have there in Prosper. So y'all are going to be Frisco, like how Frisco is now pretty much we eventually. Will. Yes, sir. Interesting. Yeah. Now they're up to, I believe, 11 right now. 10. 10. 10. 11 is going to open. <laughs> it's easy to lose count. <laughs> yes, we will not get that big. Six right. to eight is the most I've been hearing. Now we all know that demographers can be off a little mm. bit, but if they're that off, um, we might <laughs> all be in trouble. Uh, we'll give you one more question before we, uh, before we let you go. Um, you mentioned you know, the leadership within Prosper ISD, yes, and uh, one of your uh, colleagues, uh, Assistant Athletic Director Jeff Smith, uh, got some big news earlier this week as he was promoted and named the new athletic director over at Plano ISD. Um, just talk about that, that move for Coach Smith, getting that opportunity. Absolutely. So Coach Smith started his career in Plano. Mm-hmm. Um, spent, I, I do not remember how many years he spent there, but, you know, he's always had a – a love for Plano. You know, that's just something that when someone gives you your first chance, you always have a little bit of a loyalty to them. Um, and so he's always loved Plano. Him and his wife both worked there. They still have a lot of friends there. And uh, he is the best man to lead that district right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that say they need all this change. And what you really need is someone who's been there, not from the beginning of Plano, but who was there a while ago. Yeah. And they understand the tradition and stuff that's at Plano ISD. And I think he is the perfect person to step into that role and take that district over. Awesome, Coach. Hey, well, we appreciate it very much. Uh, Thank you to, again, Prosper Athletics Director Valerie Little for swinging by Kelly's Craft Tavern out here in Frisco to tag along for this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Coach, best of luck to you and Prosper the rest of the uh, school year. Thank you so much. We are here with Chris Carey from Kelly's Craft Tavern. Chris, tell us about this uh, this fine establishment you've got here. Well, we are a uh, craft-made or scratch-made food place. We serve burgers, barbecue, uh, salads, uh, lots of Texas and you know Southern comfort food. Uh, we specialize in craft uh, alcohol as well. We serve beer. We have 52 beers on tap, uh, most of which are rotating. Okay. Uh, and then we have a lot of specialized uh, craft bourbons, scotches, whatever Whatever you're looking for, we will probably have something um, at the higher end and in the middle end. Not too many on the lower end, but um, but but all you know, fairly and reasonably priced. Awesome, Chris. So. Hey, thank you for taking the time to chat with us, and obviously, thank you to Kelly's Craft Tavern for hosting this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you all. Thank you. All right, big thanks to Valerie Little for taking the time to swing by and chat with the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Let's keep our realignment reaction going, guys, and let's talk a little bit of 5A. Um, Devin, we just uh, you know we just talked about one District of Doom over at the Class 6A <laughs> level. So um, I want your initial reaction to the 5A Division One equivalent of that District of Doom. There were some rumblings that it very well could happen, and sure enough, uh, District 7 5A Division One has uh, somebody with a very very wicked sense of humor at the UIL headquarters has paired. Highland Park with Longview, John Tyler, McKinney North, Sherman, Wiley East, and of course your West Mesquite Wranglers. So, Devin, what was the uh, the reaction upon seeing this uh, this just horrid creation of a district? Uh, like, could have been even worse. There was still there was rumblings that Lancaster would be added to that mix, that. mix yeah. as well. Um, you know, talking to Cody Groves, the Mesquite ISD athletic director, uh, you know, he thought they could have gone two different ways. Okay. Uh, you know, they already had the core five with West Mesquite, McKinney North, Sherman, John Tyler. And Wiley East. Mm-hmm. Do you want to break that up or keep that? He thought it might just be really simple because they lost Texas High 
and they lost Poteet to dropping down to Division One. So he says, well, you know, why not? We know we're going to get Longview because Longview's always been associated with Mesquite ISD. For sure. And then maybe just plug Lancaster in there, and you have a seventeen district. Yeah, uh, just plug them in. Yeah, uh, yeah, just you know, <laughs> um, right in there. But uh, you know, there was also thought, you know, depending on what the UIL decided to do with some of those, you know, teams that were a little bit further north, like Sherman, like McKinney North. Um, you know, that they might trend south and they might put, uh, you know, Longview and John Tyler and West Mesquite and maybe group them in with Red Oak, uh, Midlothian, Lancaster, that mm-hmm. group in South Dallas. Um, you know, they decided not to do that. <laughs> you know, uh, that they basically did trade two for two in keeping that core five from the current 75A Division One intact. Uh, you know, because Groves, he said he was a little surprised about Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess he had seen some forecasts where they were going to be placed in other districts. For me personally, I, I actually had Highland Park in that group, okay. uh, along with Lancaster for that matter, uh, depending on what they were going to decide to do with some of those other South Dallas schools. But if you go back to 1990, Highland Park has been in the same district as West Mesquite 16 mm-hmm. years, yeah. out of 30 years. And uh, two of those years, and they worked, they were up. That was the two years, the anomaly, the one that got bumped up to 6A, and they were with the Mesquite ISD schools there. So Highland Park is no stranger uh, to being affiliated with Mesquite ISD. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of – being top heavy, um, when you have uh, you know Longview, who's just two years removed from a, a state title, and and Highland um, Park, who obviously was coming to, coming out three in a row. I mean that's that's a big one-two punch coming out of that district. It's a shame that we're uh, looks like we're just a year late with McKinney North. I would have loved to see this McKinney North offense from this past year, yeah. just to try to swing in that district with Dylan Markowitz and Manny Fincher and all those just that that record-setting offense of theirs. But um, yeah, it's um, yeah, that's that's just going to be a tough draw for for everybody. It's um, but then you look um, you know, you look elsewhere as far as districts that got that got some shakeup. Uh, Brian over in Frisco, what is um whether it was just the reaction you saw on social media or talking to coaches and whatnot, what is the uh, what is the vibe around Frisco? ISD all of a sudden now with uh, with the state runner-ups coming to town and them sharing a district with Dent Ryan all of a sudden. <laughs> well, I initially thought that was more of a, a district of doom than uh, than 7-5, at least right even with them. Mm-hmm. Dent Ryan, Lone Star, the Colony, Frisco Independence. At Frisco Independence went three rounds deep in, mm-hmm. the, in the playoffs last year, throwing another playoff team like like Wakeland. Uh, Frisco Reedy is two years removed from a 14-1 and season, um, and they should be improved from, from the in a bounce back year, that, that's a tough district right there. Yeah. Heritage should be better, but you know Denton Ryan and, and, and Lone Star, uh, it, it caused a lot of chaos with non district. You know, seeing some of the coaches, mm-hmm. you know, after the, the the draw was posted on the on the big screen at realignment, uh, Reedy had actually scheduled the Colony um, in a non district game. They played them the last year. Uh, yeah, they played them the last two years in non district. Uh, Reedy made the jump from Division Two to Division One, and they still had them on the non-district. And Coach Chad Cole said, "Yeah, we knew there was a possibility that the Colony would still be in a district with us, but we kept them there anyways." Mm-hmm. Well, of course, they're in the same district. So then he's scrambling for, uh, I believe, it was a week two, and he's talking to Plano, he's talking to this, and he's trying to figure out, you know, um, you know, the, weighing out his options, and it's a madhouse. Uh, and he decides with uh, Liberty, who okay. Frisco Liberty bumped down to Division Two. They, Reedy and Liberty pretty much swapped spots, essentially. Yeah. Um, and good for Liberty, by the way. Liberty, you know, they had a down year the last couple of years. Really tough goal being in that d- district with the behemoths and, and Frisco. So they, they should pick up some more wins next year. But, yeah, so Reedy's scrambling. He, he decides on Liberty. Lone Star uh, needed a, a non-district game. That, something with their non-district schedule messed up, you know, being in a nine-team district. Yeah. And Rayburn was telling me, he was like, we were kind of anticipating a nine-team district, but kind of not. 
Because you know, who would have expected Denton Ryan and Denton to be thrown in there with, with Frisco? You, you, I don't know. That, that's not what I would have expected. <laughs> I, I wouldn't yeah. have been surprised if a McKinney North got thrown in there. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the, the, you know, the, the evil guys at UIL were like, let's get Denton Ryan and Lone Star every year in district. Um, but, that, yeah, that game will definitely be, be circled on my calendar, mm-hmm. and it should be a good one. Where do you guys stand on what, um, I guess, the Lancaster district? If you guys had a chance to look over this. Twitter was popping over this. You know, I saw a bunch of people tweeting about this. So were they winners or losers? And we even <laughs> talked about it, you know, briefly on our, on our reaction pod on, on Monday. Man, they're going from a district where they're, they're having to, you know, battle, battle it out with teams like Highland Park and, and whatnot. And now they're going to a, a district where... Newman Smith is probably going to be the second best football I went through, team. I went through They're going to win ma- every game by 70 points. I went through yeah. and did the math on this. So Lancaster last year won 11 games. The other eight teams that are in District 6-5A Division One next season, they combined Ooh, hit us with it. to win 13 games last season, including two teams in, actually I take it back, three teams in R.L. Turner, Molina, and Sunset that went 0-10. And, and, and I think the biggest question I have in, is, is that – that's a nine-team district. Yeah, the seventh is a seventeen district. I mean, they love eighteen district traditionally. It would just make more sense, I guess, to put Lancaster in with that mm. group where a lot of people thought they'd fall in the, in the seven five eight. But just imagine that about. district with Longview, Holland Park, Lancaster, and even a McKinney North and, and Tyler, and then you have a district with the two Carrollton schools, and then some of the worst teams in the state. No offense to Dallas ISD, but I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You already have six Dallas ISD schools yeah. sitting right there. And I think I, I get when they decided to move Red Oak and Midlothian to Region 1, I, I think that just threw, threw a kind of a loop in there and they had to find a place for Lancaster. I'd love to know the rationale behind putting him with that group yeah. instead, of, instead of the 7-5A. Um, but as we'll talk about here in a minute... Strange things happen with those Dallas High State districts. <laughs> um, yeah, because you wonder, like, if you're – and the fact that it's a nine-team district, I think, only compounds matters because that means you only get two non-district games. So, I mean, you're essentially going to have to load up on those first two preseason games. And then after that, like, you're, like you said, Devin, like, they're going to win every game by at least, you know, seven, eight touchdowns. And if you're, if you're Lancaster, like, how do you even gauge with that kind of schedule just how much better your team is actually getting week yeah. to week? I mean, it's just – it's really, really tough. And I don't know – I'm a, I'm a believer in just, you know, a team needing just at least somebody in the district that can push, just who can experience some form of, adver- of adversity, just because it's going to come up at some point in the playoffs. And, you know, I think those folks at Lancaster would probably like to know sometime, and not even like, I don't even look at, like, those games in September, you can only glean so much from them because, again, they're preseason games. Yeah. Teams are still trying to figure out what they have back then in early September. You're not getting, you know, a, you know like the, if they were to play these games like in, you know, in late October or whatnot, when you're getting a much more, you know, finalized version of these teams. So, yeah, I mean, it's... You can look at it one of two ways. Yeah, on the other hand, like they're gonna like run the table in this district and look very, very dominant in doing so. But again, like it remains to be seen just how much better they actually get from playing a schedule like that. And again, it's out of their hands, and you know no one can really kind of make heads or tails as to just why it yeah. wound up that way. Um, but yeah, just um, saw some fascinating just theories being floated around as far as what to make of that uh, of that district on uh, on social media. But yes, a very, very uh, odd pairing there. And like you said, yeah, I mean for Carrollton uh, Farmers Branch ISD, I mean Newman Smith and R. Alterner, they took their lumps in that district with. Dent Ryan and uh, Grapevine, Colleyville ISD, and whatnot. So all of a sudden, they might be looking like you know what? Hey, maybe we can weasel into the playoffs yeah. now. Who is the second best team in that district? Is it is it Wilson? Is it Newman Smith? I mean, let's I'm, see. It's, 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 I mean, those things are it's so cyclical. Yeah. yeah, and these are teams that so, or the Dallas ISD teams are out of our coverage area and, and not affiliated with 
you know di- our districts very often, yeah. so it's kind of hard for 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 me to comment anyway on on who's coming back and what's you know who, who's kind of the favorite out of that grouping. Mm-hmm. But uh, outside of Lancaster, I can tell you Lancaster's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go out on a limb there, Devin. Yeah, you know that's what I'm here. Hot take. <laughs> So let's talk about a couple teams now over at the 7-5A Division II level that had their fortunes altered quite significantly from uh, from last season. We had two that were dropping down in, uh, in divisional play, uh, Poteet out of Mesquite ISD and Creekview out of Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD. They're in separate districts, but let's talk about, um, Devin, let's talk about where the Pirates landed over in 6-5A Division II alongside a lot of other Dallas ISD schools. So you have Adamson, you got Conrad, Hillcrest, Thomas Jefferson, Kimball, Seagaville, South Oak Cliff, and Spruce. Um, was the, I mean, where did this option land on kind of the radar as far as um, options for Poteet? Um, to Co- Co- Coach Groves, 100% surprise. Wow. Completely caught him off guard. I mean, that's, you know, we just talked about the Lancaster thing. And not mm-hmm. that Poteet has been on the level of Lancaster, but this yeah. is a Poteet team that has had a lot of success over the last decade with a couple of state semifinal mm-hmm. appearances. Um, and it just, you look at the, again, kind of like we just talked about with Division One. that was an eight-team all Dallas ISD district. That's you know that's they had six in, in the division one, but this one is, was eight teams. It would just you would think they would give them their own districts mm-hmm. and let them go their way. You know, from 2004 till 2017, Poteet's been in the same district as Forney and North Forney. The only reason they weren't these past years is because they went to split classifications. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're still in the same district with Forney and North Forney in every other sports. So you know, you have that Royce City's nearby. Ennis and Corsicana are past district opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for Poteet, it, it just, I guess that would make too much sense. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it just, again, and again, there's seven teams in that other district, and, and Poteet would have made eight. It would have even that out. It just, again, <laughs> Dr. Coach Grove, he just, man, that was so out of left field. It just, I didn't, I, I you know, obviously they try to go and cover all their bases and go through all the possible scenarios so that they're, you know, at least somewhat prepared for it. Um, that one totally out of left field. And like you say, that's a nine-team district. So they have the problem, you know, of having only two non-district games. And now South Oak Cliff has had a good team yeah. um, here here recently. I mean, they, they've been able to, to, to do some damage in the playoffs. Uh, in fact, Poteet played them, I believe, three years ago and, and beat them mm-hmm. um, it, during one of their runs. But, yeah, night in, night out, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh and then, as, as people have brought up when we talk about the Lancaster uh, being in that district, if you're a one-trick or, or even widely in the Garland ISD district, not that this makes a huge difference, but it sometimes can, is when they have district meetings and they vote on these issues, you basically don't have a vote because you know that those blocks are all going to block together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Wiley doesn't really have a vote in those 10 6 meetings because the Garland ISD schools are all going to vote together yeah same thing and again i don't think it's going to be that big of a difference i don't know if there's any issues that that are coming to the forefront that are going to be that important but you know poteet basically doesn't have a vote when it comes to those district meetings and that's just kind of what you run into when you get thrown into these big multi-school districts brian what do we make of the uh, of kind of the uh, i guess a minor shuffling of the deck over in uh, district 75a division two um you know you still have those frisco isd schools that uh, you know did not make the cut for division one uh you still got denison you still got lake dallas still got lovejoy still got Princeton. Um, we've got a newcomer, though, in Prosper Rock Hill. And then we have uh, Frisco Liberty making the drop down. So um, where do you feel like, uh, does this, did this district get stronger? Did it kind of level out? Is it maybe a little bit weaker? Where do you fall on this new district? I wouldn't say it gets weaker. I mean, because it's, it's tough to say, you know, with, with it the does team lose like two Prosper. of the four playoff teams, including <laughs> one that split the district title. True. I don't want to necessarily say that, but mm-hmm. it does level out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, Rock Hill. This is going to be a good chance for, for Lebanon Trail Memorial to maybe, to maybe play, you know, more even competition yes. with a Rock Hill. You know, they're in the same boat, you know, within the last two years. Like I mentioned, Liberty, you know, they struggled. They've struggled really since JHI left, yeah. really the last, you know, five, six years or so. Um, and now they're getting down there to play a new team like Rock Hill, a, a Princeton team that just recently made the move from, from 4A to 5A. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, so Memorial, Liberty, Lebanon Trail, Rock Hill, they're all kind of grouped, you know, kind of in that same category. Um, Frisco, they should still be the big dogs now, especially with, with you know, Reedy gone and, and whatnot, even though Frisco was the district champs. But, yeah, look, just looking up top glances, it should be Frisco and Lovejoy's district. And with a sprinkle in of Denison, and the rest is all just complete even playing field. Yeah, you wonder just kind of the trickle down effect then, and just what the uh, what kind of impact it'll have on a programs like Denison and Lake Dallas, both of whom finished just outside the playoff picture last year. But like I said, with two of the four playoff teams from this district last season making the jump up to Division One, it now does perhaps kind of level things out and perhaps open up a gateway to those programs, whereas you know they might not have had enough to compete with the Braswells and the Reedies. That now, um, you know, there could be a theoretical pathway to the playoffs for a team like Lake Dallas, whereas last season they. Just got so just got too overwhelmed by uh, by the top end of that district. Um, I'm curious to see also the strides that like Memorial Lebanon Trail take now and they're in their third years as varsity programs. And um, you know with Rock Hill at least having seniors being able to get some kids from Prosper with the success that uh, that Prosper's had over in 6A, perhaps maybe they're a little bit further ahead of the curve. Yeah, I was going to bring up that good point. I mean, there's a lot of talent in Prosper. They're very well coached. Mark Humble is going to lead that program, obviously. That time uh, Coach Humble gets a head coaching <laughs> job. He, you know, he was OC at South Lake and then you know OC at, at Lone Star. So OC he's Plano East. Yep. 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 So he's he's used to winning. He knows what it takes. He's seen a, a winning culture, and he's mm-hmm. he's going to get a, a, a really good group of kids. And you know, Valerie also told us that you know there's going to be some kids that are, are at Prosper now making the move to Rock Hill. So I don't know who we mm-hmm. don't obviously we don't know who and which players are. Are going to come into play there, but you got to think they're getting some talent with all of, you know, the the families and, and everyone moving into that area, Prosper, Salina, mm-hmm. and North Frisco. I, I don't be surprised if Rock Hill is not last place. You know, yeah. other teams like Lebanon Trail Memorial they struggled mightily, um, but they also, you know, in their first year didn't have seniors. Yeah. Um, don't be surprised if Rock Hill can can pick up a win or two in, in this district. One team that um, you know, I very well could have seen working into this mix that was making the drop down to Division Two was uh, Carrollton Creekview, just given the proximity, and they've shared a district with a lot of those schools in the past. Um, no, because that would have formed a 10-team district, and uh, UIL just wasn't feeling that frisky. So um, <laughs> instead, you get Carrollton Creekview all the way over that in Region no 1. Sense. And when you look at that district, I mean, they are such a geographical outlier yeah. relative to some of these other schools as they are in a, let's see, it looks like a, what, a 17-team district, 7 eight team district with uh, Fort Worth ISD and Grapevine. <laughs> so yes, the uh, the six Fort Worth ISD schools of Northside, Polytechnic, South Hills, Southwest, Trimble Tech, and Wyatt. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Grapevine, which made the, I didn't even realize Grapevine was that tiny all of a sudden. I always imagined Grapevine being one of the bigger schools in 5A. Nope, they're dropping down to 5A Division 2. And then, yeah, you got well, Carrollton Creekview, and that's <laughs> just kind of, I guess, by default where you kind of had to put them. I mean, this wasn't a, uh, you know, again, if you weren't going to put them with those, uh, those schools that we just mentioned, um, you know, or again, the uh, you know the Dallas ISD schools. I mean, even any options closer than Fort Worth ISD. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's just the way the uh, it's just the way it fell for Carrollton Creekview. But nevertheless, though, it is. I mean, they were they were right in that mix with Newman Smith and R.L. Turner as far as schools that just every year you just knew that. I mean, there's just, there's a glass ceiling there in that district within four or five A Division One with Dent Ryan and you know Grapevine, Birdville, Colleyville Heritage, all of whom went on to have really successful playoff runs. It was such a loaded district, and you know those CFB ISD schools were really just like, okay, well, when do we play each other and whatnot? Because <laughs> yeah. it was just, again, 
It was just such a, uh, it was just not the district for them and whatnot. But this one, though, is certainly a bit more preferable, you would think. I mean, obviously, Grapevine is still going to be probably the prohibitive district favorite. But outside of that, I think Creekview's got a very justified claim to be a number two. Yeah, well, but, but if you're going to put two Carrollton schools with the, all the Dallas ISD schools in Division One, why don't you put just <laughs> Creekview with the, all the Dallas ISD schools in Division Two? Because that makes too much sense. Ah, no. Hate it when that happens. It is just, it is a, some sort of just mad science <laughs> that the UIL has working on there as far as how they concoct these districts. And I also think it's, um, you know, it's work, it works in Creekview's favor because they, uh, they play a very, very unique style of football that's tough if you've never gone up against it with that uh, flex on offense that they love to run. And, you know, they'll go entire games without so much as passing the ball. And if you've never schemed against that, it can be fairly overwhelming at first. Um, so, yeah, I think that, um, that should at least help pave some, uh, some pretty immediate success for them in this, uh, in this new district. Um, let's see, what else did I have down here? Um, oh, yeah, I also wanted to talk about just in the, in the non-football sports, you know, Brian, one of the rumors that you had heard through the, uh, through the, uh, the rumor mill and whatnot was perhaps maybe we might get a split for Frisco ISD. You know, they had been in this 10-team district for these last couple of years, and, I mean, all these abbreviated preseasons and whatnot, and, I was, you know, something that perhaps the, uh, you know, if you have your say over there at Frisco ISD, maybe you prefer, uh, you know, maybe chop off, you know, two, three teams from that and give you a more traditional look to the district. Nevertheless, though, they will have to soldier through that once again um, another two years of 10 teams in the district. So um, what was your reaction to that, given that there was maybe a, at least a, a, a slight possibility of them being broken apart? I saw that, and I, I wasn't surprised at all, but I'd be lying if there wasn't a part of me that was kind of hoping it would kind of get split up. I mm-hmm. wanted things to get a little interesting, and I, I have not spoken to a coach that loves the 10-team district. Yeah, so you want you? You yeah. you to, yeah, obviously, you know, Frisco ISD being together is awesome. You know, the travel's great. You're, you're, you're traveling, what? Four miles at most for yeah. a game from the furthest Frisco school. You're but guaranteed four teams in the playoffs from your school district every <laughs> year. You're also, you know, you're going to have a fifth, sixth, or even seventh place team, you know, not make the playoffs. In a lot of other districts, you're a playoff team. And yeah. when you, ten teams fighting for four spots, that's always, you know, the the, the odds are, aren't in your favor. Um, you're playing 18 district games. You're starting district play, you know, two weeks before any other district. <laughs> You know, it's a it's a killing for me. It's a beating for me because, you know, you're you're not seeing you know these these critical district matches you know with other sports and stuff going on. But yeah, I wasn't surprised, and that was one of the things I, I really wanted to look on. The the first thing I saw was I wanted to see where Littleham went. Mm-hmm. That was what I was most excited for. Um, and then I, obviously I wanted to see the the football districts. And then I was like, okay, what are they going to do with the non non football uh, teams in Frisco and. You know, that, that was just the easy choice, really. It, it, it makes sense. It may not be favorable for coaches and stuff, but it makes the most sense if you if you look at it. Because how would they split it up? Would they, you know, take out some and then throw in, like, a McKinney North or a, the Colony in one? And, like, how I don't know how they would, you know, divvy that up if you're going to split, you know, first go from east to west or north to south or whatever and split it, you know, four, five, six ways. Or four on one side, six on one other, five on you know it just it would just get too complicated. I know? could see a scenario where you look at the district right below them in district uh, you know ten five a with you know with Denison, the Colony, Lovejoy, McKinney North, Princeton, Prosper, Rock Hill, Sherman, Wiley East. I mean that's an eight team district right there. So if you just simply took that and kind of basically built you know two nine team districts out of uh, you know between that and Frisco ISD. I mean again it's just nine versus ten, so it's not like again you get this yeah. extra this this massive reprieve and you know a little bit more preseason time and whatnot, but 
it is at least an alternative. But I mean, yeah, because it's it, it, fortunately though this will be the last realignment cycle that they have to worry about this. Because guess what? Another high school is on the way over in Frisco ISD. So um, yeah, they're not going to build an eleven team district. So um, so yes, this will. Uh, fortunately, by this time, two years from now, we should see a split though between Frisco ISD. But yeah, I, I, I was, I'm kind of in line with you, Brian. I was hoping that they would split them up too, just because it just does stink when you have essentially like a week of preseason play, and then I mean you're supposed to like districts. I mean these are the I mean districts where it counts. Like that's where the games you play there are. Those are the ones that matter relative to getting a playoff spot. And it just stinks to go through like the first two three weeks of your district schedule, still kind of figuring out your rotations and lineups and what players can do what. I mean that's what the preseason's for. But Frisco ISD is up against it because of how big it is that they get a basically a quarter of the length of preseason as everybody else. Um, let's see. Um, over at the 4A level, we can talk a little bit of 4A before we get out of here. Um, as far as things with uh, Argyle, Salina, and Sunnyvale, um, let's talk about the 4A Division II uh, couple with, uh, with Salina and Sunnyvale. Salina making the drop down to, uh, to 4A Division II. And I mean, they got a, a, t- a tiny little district over in, uh, in 4A D2. Just, uh, just five schools, them, Aubrey, Crum, Sanger, and Van Alstein. So they'll, uh, they're going to have a massive non-district schedule. Yeah, there's only 20 teams in Region 1. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Brian, what was your initial reaction to seeing uh, Salina's new stomping grounds? A lot easier than having to play Argyle and Melissa, Melissa and, and, Paris. and Paris and all those, you know, those powerhouses in, in District 1. Yeah, you know, they're used to playing teams like Aubrey and Sanger in, in the non-football sports. Mm-hmm. But, man, this, that should be a cakewalk for Salina. They, there's no reason they shouldn't, you know, run the table. Um, just, just at first glance, you know, maybe Aubrey could give them some competition. But, you know, given Salina's tradition, this should be – walk in the park, especially compared to mm-hmm. having to play Argyle and, and Melissa and those guys. It is going to stink having though half your schedule be non-district games. You just wonder just what the just how that program's going to feel come week five, and like Coach Elliott and them are just like, okay, we're we're, we're kind of ready. We know what we have here. We're just kind of ready for district play to begin. It's, Actually, you wonder who they're going to find to play in week five because fair, there's that, not that very many five-team <laughs> districts. Well, there's, there's four five-team districts in Region 1, so then you're, I don't know, you go over to... Where's Sunnyvale at? Sunnyvale and Al, oh, they're in Region 2. Yeah, they got a 16 district. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, Devin, so what was then, yeah, you mentioned, uh, we mentioned Sunnyvale, so they've got a bit of a, a bit of a new look to their district. What was your reaction to 6-4A uh, to Division 2? Uh, pretty predictable. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, you got Sunnyvale, Caddo Mills, Farmersville, Nevada Community, Colon and Ford, Wills Point are your six teams. Uh, Sunnyvale, Farmersville, Caddo Mills, and Nevada Community had been in the same district mm-hmm. these past two years. Yeah. Uh, Colon and Ford dropped down. Um, you know, from Division One, they've shared a district with Sunnyvale before in other sports, uh, so that made sense. And then Will's Point, just you know, geographically, uh, riding out the six. Uh, you know, Sunnyvale's kind of been the big dog in this district for several years with a lot of these same teams. Uh, so I think, from a football standpoint, going forward, mm-hmm. I think they really got to like what they see uh, in terms of how it's laid out. They know a lot of these teams really well, and. Um, yeah, like I say, it's in, it's in terms of you know class four. It's it's not it's usually two three rounds you know down the road mm-hmm. where you really find out what kind of team you have. And then with um, with Argyle, they uh, they remain in four A Division One. They are in District Seven Four A. 
um, alongside Anna, Carrollton Ranchview, Kaufman, Melissa, Paris, and Terrell. Um, they get two schools in Kaufman and Terrell that drop down to 4A. They, um, they were just, uh, you talk about districts with a like glass ceiling. I mean, they, were just, they took their lumps in what was a loaded 8-5A district alongside your Annises, your Corsicanas, you know, Forney ISD and whatnot. Um, you know, they took some struggles there and whatnot, but now they will drop down to um, schools that are a bit more their size. Um, they get a Ranchview team that, uh, that won nine games last season, and then they get to continue their rivalries with Melissa and Paris. So that's good. I mean, the, the Argyle-Melissa games, especially with the strides that Melissa's made over the years, those games can uh, certainly, I guess, bring out the best in the Eagles. So it's nice to see that they're going to at least keep that rivalry intact. Um, getting out of that region, especially in football, is going to be a bore, too, because you look over at District uh, 5-4A, Division One, and you talk about just a heavyweight district with uh, with Brownwood, Midlothian Heritage, Stephenville, Waco, La Vega. <laughs> yeah, I right. mean, that is, goodness, you got, I mean, that is just littered with, uh, with teams that could be contending for state championships at the 4A level. So um, as far as Argyle's immediate district, though, I mean, probably nothing that's going to ultimately topple them from getting a district title and whatnot, but um, as they advance in the playoffs, um, yeah, we'll see if, uh, you know, what, uh, what kind of teams emerge from that, uh, that other district that they'll have to uh, play probably in the second or third round and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, Region 2, is, uh, that's, that is where the strength is very much in Class 4A Division 1. One thing that sticks out in non-football sports mm-hmm. in 4A, Salina won't have to play the Dallas schools in the first round of basketball. <laughs> uh, the Dallas schools, the Carters, the Lincolns, the, the Pinksons, they're in District 12 4A. Um, Salina, they, they stay with the same district. Mm-hmm. Um, added, they throw Van Alstine in there, but it's the same guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sanger, Melissa, Aubrey, Anna, and Gainesville. They're in District 9 4A. So they're playing, you know, by district games will be against, you know, Fort Worth Harmony School of Nature and Athletics. Mm-hmm. Have you all heard of that? I'm, I'm not a traditional nope. basketball powerhouse, I'm sure. Uh, Uplift, North Hills Prep, Uplift, Summit International Prep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- those yeah. aren't the, the top <laughs> five teams in 4A. Sunnyvale had the Uplift uh, <laughs> schools for a few years back, and that was, yeah, the, your kind of 81 to 11 type games. Where even are those schools? Do, we, do y'all have, I have, I've never even heard of them. Nah, but no. We'll see Salina <laughs> playing them in the first round. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, so no more of Salina winning a district championship and then drawing a fourth-place team that's ranked top ten in the state <laughs> from, D- from Dallas ISD. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's got to be a nice sigh of relief for Salina looking ahead. Oh, yeah, let's see. Um, that is, I don't know, guys, that is all that uh, I think we've got here. I think we've touched on just about everybody. That is realignment, folks. <laughs> Again, yes, one of the, uh, the cornerstone moments on the high school sports calendar. We were all jazzed up for it Monday, Brian. I'm sure you had a blast out there and in Birdville just getting caught up in just that sea of high school football coaches as everybody, uh, yeah, learned what these next two years are going to look like in high school athletics. And, yes, that will uh, that'll conclude this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Once again, obviously a huge thanks to uh, Kelly's Craft Tavern here in Frisco for having us out to, uh, to record this episode. Um, as we mentioned, folks, yes, everything from the full-service bar with many craft beers to the made-from-scratch food, the Tex-Mex menu, the ribs, the cheeseburgers. I mean, they have, uh, they have got it all. This is Kelly's Craft Tavern out here in Frisco, located at Preston Ridge on the west side of Preston Road, just north of 121. Take a swing by. We can attest it's some good good stuff. Um, but yes, that's uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, folks. We'll be back on Monday to uh, dip our toes back into high school basketball as we've now uh, put signing day to rest, put realignment to rest, and we can finally get back on track covering <laughs> the actual high school sports that are in season, folks. You enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. 
Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.